Bills fan podcast for October 12th, 2016. It's me, Dave, your host here. Also, host 1A or 1B, whatever you want to call me. Find me on Twitter, Bills fan. What is all this 1A, 1B with you? It's like a respectful way of saying that there is no host or co-host. We co-host together. Nah, you're the host. Okay. You're, you're the face with the hot dog. It's just branding. I'm it's the, just branding. Uh, I'm the workhorse over in the corner. What's up? It's your boy, Adam. You well, know me. You've seen my face on some, some silly videos lately, if you've been watching. Where are those videos at? Oh. Uh, com and our Facebook page and our Twitter. Also Instagram. NumbillsFan.com, NumbillsFan on Twitter, NumbillsFan on Facebook, NumbillsFan Podcast on Instagram. Don't let it fool you. Also, don't forget Scott Campbell, our buddy Scott Campbell. Uh, he writes an article for us once a week, and yeah. it's usually a game preview. So shout out to Scott Campbell. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, Scott Campbell thirteen. Story behind him is I got season tickets six years ago, and uh, I sit next to him and his father. It's a pleasure, and um, somehow I tolerate him, and I love him a lot. I'd give him hugs and kisses all day. Also, if you don't know. We are going live Wednesdays at 7 p.m., so if you're hearing this now, we probably already went live. But we'll be back next Wednesday. Check us out, facebook.com, numbillsfan. We answer any questions, comments, bus chops, do our thing. We call it how it is. We call it how we see it. We wish we had more trolls, but we must do okay if we don't. That must yeah, mean we, people agree with us. Or we don't just, get a hard time, really. Yeah, it's actually quite pleasant. It's it's like a golf clap, like a pleasant, like, all right, all right, a little soft, just uh One of these days they're going to take us to task. Somebody is. But, yeah, our live show on Facebook, that's brought to you by our friends at BillsForLife.com. And that's the home on the Internet for the Red Pinto tailgate. So if you're heading out for Bills and the 49ers this week, make sure you stop by Hammer's Lot and check out the Red Pinto tailgate. You aren't going to find a bigger gathering of wild-ass Bills fans anywhere. Let's, let's be real. And check them out on Twitter, at Pinto Tailgate. Also, um, lastly, PunchDrunkSports.com. We are also brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports. Uh, best comedy podcast, sports podcast in the league. So, at Punch Drunk on Twitter, PunchDrunkSports.com. Shout-out to Sam Tripoli for hooking us up as the official for them. Podcast. Of the Buffalo Bills, covering the Bills for right, Punch Sports. They got a sport, a sports podcast channel coming out, and we're going to be a part of that. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see who else they uh, unearth to hold it down on this channel. There's going to be some, some real funny podcasts coming out, I bet. Yeah, it, it, it's good. So, um, anyways, we're here now. This is podcast number 85, and we're here to talk with Eric Turner from CoverOne.net. Yeah, we got him on the line. Um, you know, we got we're, we're still kind of riding that high from this last Bills win. 
This weekend, this week went by quick for me. I can't believe we're already at like 49ers game preview time. I'm just like, wait, but we just won. I wish I could ride that wave forever, but you can't. You get one week, and we're already halfway through it. Pretty excited. So, all right, so let's jump over to the official Num Bills fan hotline, and we got Eric Turner from CoverOne.net. What's up, Eric? What's going on, boys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, we're just going to do our usual pretend like we didn't talk for 30 minutes before uh, we press record and spliced you in. So I, I swear. I, I, I love blowing up the spot. Listeners, Let's just roll with it. Why not? Listeners <laughs> out there, I promise one day we will do a call where he doesn't admit to that. But so far, <laughs> everybody who's ever called into this show ever has gotten the, oh, we just talked on on the phone for 20 minutes before we pressed record. Oh. Thanks, Dave. But I, I'll say, and I'll honestly, honesty, though, it, it had nothing to do with football. So, so we could still uh, – this is all fresh. Yeah, we really just kind of talked Filipino food. And <laughs> now I'm, Absolutely. Now I'm really wanting some fish eyes. Uh, no, I'll pass on that. Like I said, I, I've been scarred, so I, I don't <laughs> mess with that. I don't mess with that food anymore. <laughs> all right, so the Bills are on a three-game win streak, which – Everybody's everybody's high on that right now, for the most part. There's a couple people out here who are still like, oh, it's only three games. And I get that. You know, it's a 16-year drought. It's 128 games that we got to make up for that didn't get the job done. But, you know, a three-game streak, it's a good start. It's more wins than we've pieced together since we hired Rex. Um, I think the big the big change we've seen in the recent weeks was – the transition from Greg Roman to Anthony Lynn as offensive coordinator. Now, what stood out to you as far as, as play calling? What what differences are you seeing from, from one coordinator to the next? I mean, it doesn't take the trained eye to see. I, it, it They obviously have given him uh, a, a lot more freedom, um, specifically at the line of scrimmage. You can see him, you know, several times a game, a game, a game, a game, you know, you know change of pass protection, move the running back a lot, you know, slide of protection a different way, and just find the matchup. You know, Anthony Lynn has been uh, up front with his, um, in his pressers. He said, you know, we want Tyrod to see the matchup. And, and Tyrod has done a good job of, of, of doing that. So, um, of course, he's had his issues too. But for the most part, he's, uh, he's got a lot more freedom under Anthony Lynn. All right. Now, when you're talking about Tyrod looking for the good the good matchup, that brings me to another another question that we've kind of already talked about a little bit on the show. Um, but do you think removing Sammy Watkins from the equation with the injury right now, do you think that takes some pressure off of Tyrod to look for him as a target and allow him to focus more on the matchups? I do and I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm staying on the fence on that one just because, um, of course – Having Sammy, he is a matchup nightmare. So if you're trying to find the matchup, yeah, the offense is always going to run through him, whether it's under Greg Roman or Anthony Lynn. Um, I did put out, you know, something on Twitter like asking, do you, did I, you, do people think that, um, you know, the offense will be more efficient without Sammy? And I mean, if you look at how many, you know, ten play drives we put together without Sammy Watkins, it, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good number. And so, I mean, I think there's some truth to that this offense is more efficient, that Tyrod isn't forcing it and, and pressured to get it to Sammy all the time. And, and um, But, I mean, you cannot deny, you know, Sammy Watkins' abilities and how, honestly, his numbers might even be better. And this offense would, would be better. There's no doubt about it with him in it. 
Well, what you know that I actually had a, a piggyback on that um, with him in it because I, I really feel like we're we're missing Sammy. But I was gonna tell you um, initially that that after week seventeen last year, I, I kind of looked at things like. Okay, the the Bills show that they can move this guy around. The Bills show that Sammy Watkins can can work in in anywhere like us fans thought, you know, because right. you don't draft somebody that high. I hate that card. I really can't freaking stand. Oh, you pivoted. I don't give a crap. Like, you know, I still though that high of a draft pick. Okay, even without the trade, just where he fell. You better be able to do freaking everything. And then you bring him in, and you don't throw him any screens. You right. don't do the things that he already knows, like, the back of his hand. You want to take the hardest route. But then finally, in week 17, as everybody has always said of last season, they took the shackles off them, Tyrod and Sammy. And then we Absolutely. St- right? But then you start game one and two, and it's like Tyrod's head... I'm not a quarterback. I've never played an organized down of football in my life. Let's be real here. (laughs) But I do know, don't stare down your first target. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, if the route is going to take longer to develop, you should have another read or two before that. And even if he is your primary dude, like, yo, don't. If he's that red streak in Madden, okay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that red freaking yeah. streak in Madden, like, yo, at least look it off a little bit. At least. Right. And, and a prime example of that is Ryan Fitzpatrick. A prime example of that is the unconnected balls with Tyron and Sammy in the first two games, I think. Right. No, and, and, I mean, something simple, if you look at the statistics through five games, you know, this year, Tyrod Taylor – you know, Sammy, he was he lit it up at the end of last year. And, of course, teams go into the offseason, they try to scheme up, especially teams in our division, you know, try to scheme up how to stop the deep ball. So the teams early in the year were doing that. They were eliminating, you know, eliminating that deep ball. And, I mean, through five games this year, Tyrod Taylor's yards per attempt is six yards and 6.45 yards. Last year through five games, it was over eight. So, I mean. I remember that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a big thing. That was a big element of our, our offense last year under Greg Roman, you know, that deep ball. And, you know, teams, you know, started taking that away at the beginning of the year, but then Sammy went down, and the only deep that we really have is, you know, a good one. And he's not he's not a really polished receiver, so all he really does well is run straight lines. So teams can take that away. But but the, the way the offense is uh, evolving now without Sammy and focusing on Shady McCoy – Things are going to change on defense, and we saw it versus L.A. Teams are going to start stacking the box and pressing our receivers because we don't have talent at the wide receiver position. You know what I mean? Elite talent. And I'll be honest, too. Um, you know, people are really giving Tyrod Taylor a lot of shit for, for missing throws. And and, and, I'll, and, and I told you in, in messages prior to I, I actually popped in my Game Pass info and decided not to be a lazy asshole. <laughs> and watched the most of the Rams and Cardinals game, and and I thought it was cool because we just saw the Cardinals. What year did you buy your season tickets at? Yeah, like five, six years ago. Six years ago. He puts his game pass in this week. <laughs> so, it's free. It's free this year for season ticket holders or something, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was That's always cool. free for season ticket holders. Yeah. So, um, 
What the hell is I just talking about? You put in your your game pass. You decide oh, yeah, not yeah. to be a lazy so, asshole. So, so Case Keenum, what else is new? I, I'm watching him, and I'm like, yo, this guy looks like every Bills quarterback we've ever seen. And, and I'm like, Especially Fitzy. Yeah, and, and it's like, wait. Yeah, there's a hand in your face coming, but, like, have you ever heard of leading the pass? Or it's like, dude, my dad taught me all these fundamentals as a kid that I'm watching, like, pros. They can't. Figure it out. Like, I just picked up hockey a year ago. Well, guess right. what? Getting to the empty space where there's a guy open works in that freaking sport, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> who would have thought? Like, yeah, yeah. getting get in the way state. of somebody going towards where the points are is, like, a win. And it's like, I'm watching Case Keenum against the Bills, and I'm like, he's connecting on passes that he wasn't connecting before. And I was just kind of like... Like like loss, but you know it was I, frustrating. You're right, though they they did move the ball um, a lot better than we had thought. I think they put up almost three hundred three hundred and fifty yards. I think you know mm-hmm. they put up a good amount of yards. But you got to understand, as far as the defensive game plan, it was it was a shutdown girly, you know. And and by doing that, they stacked the box and they put like, that's the game you know, plan we all wanted. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? They didn't really have too many you know threats on the outside, so. Guess what, Darby and Gilmore, you're gonna have you're gonna be on your island. You know, that's Rex's defense in a nutshell, and we're gonna try to stop Gurley. And and yes, they had a couple big plays, but for the most part, like I you know, I, I covered on, on my site over uh, you know a couple days ago. That and what site is that? Once they got in the and cover one dot net, of course. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and uh so they shut him down in the red zone, man. You know, so yeah, they operated between the twenties. But once we got, they got into the red zone, into the green zone. It, it, it was they were shut down. They they were held to feet, you know, field goals. So, well, so that actually kind of brings it full circle. Even if it's not, I'm going to pretend it is. Back to what I was saying about Tyrod Taylor, because yeah. now you stop them. Now you need points. Now you need balls connected to receivers. They had, I believe, at least four drops in this game against the Rams. So, oh, more than that, because Robert Woods had four drops. What? himself yeah hold he on wish. hold on okay this is something that i was talking about on facebook and twitter um see i understand that having played and coached that okay if it hits his hands we count it as a drop as a normal right, person right right but okay okay a couple of those a couple of those drops were weren't clean drops like the, technically there's only one clean drop and that was by robert woods uh and the two minute drill um, there are a couple of drops by Goodwin, um, but he, they were contested. The DB hit him and made a play on the ball. So, right, okay. I, I mean, Fair it, tick for tack. But, I mean, in the end, uh, yeah, it did hurt Tyrod's, uh, you know, numbers and whatnot. But, and, and, and I know everyone was focused on that because Rex said it in his press conference. So um, he's, he's backing his guy. He's backing Tyrod, and he's helping him, you know, because a lot of people, like you said, were criticizing him. Um, on his throws, but yeah, there there were a couple contested passes, but technically there was only one real drop. <laughs> right, and and you yeah. know, to be fair, you can't you can't really weigh as heavily on Tyrod about this. I I, I don't think because he only threw the ball twenty three times that game, and it averages out a lot worse when you have a smaller sample set. Each absolutely each drop pass or incompletion is going to weigh much more heavily against your final statistics than, right. than a guy who's passing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. And that was kind of like where I was going with it because 
I think we're magnifying that overthrow the Robert Woods more than it needs to be because I look at it like a timing issue. If you line mm-hmm. Goodwin, Watkins, Robert Woods up at the line, he's going to be the third one. And you also have to remember Sammy Watkins' straight line speed and his 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 body, you would think he's going to be able to get there. He's a thicker. Think, yeah. He's a thicker human yeah, right. being. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think Sammy stop saying there, yeah. that he can't. He just doesn't have the timing with Robert Woods, man. It's just reps, dude. Yeah, and yeah. It's going to get better. I was going to point it out. I was going to point out there was like one overthrow to Robert Woods that I feel like you know he would have gotten if he was just a little bit quicker. There was a couple throws to Goodwin that I would have. I would have you know pictured him catching had Goodwin had a little bit more size. I think it's just right struggling to get the right guys in the right spot at the right time to what he's used and, to. Cause he was, he was prepping up to go with, uh, you know, with Watkins and Salas and now it's woods and Goodwin and absolutely. They're all yep. kind of a different style receiver, all four of them. And on that overthrow, if you watch it in slow-mo, which of course that's, it magnifies everything. But when he, when Robert Woods on that overthrow, when Robert Woods goes to make his double move, he, he stumbles a little bit, whether that, you know, threw the timing off of the play or not, it definitely threw off, if you watch it from the tight camera angle, it threw off Tyrod Taylor's footwork. So when he wanted to throw it, he, he couldn't. So he had to take a couple different steps. Okay. So it, it, it did affect his uh, his footwork and, and fundamentals. But um, what it comes down to, I mean, the, like you guys said, it goes hand in hand. You know, yeah, we're, we're running teams. So he's not going to have many opportunities. Well, when, you, when you're looking to pay your quarterback – what we're going to be paying him if they pick up, you know, the second half of this contract next year, he's got to be able to complete the three or four opportunities he gets, you know, a game. So, and, and that was one of them. I mean, although, you know, we won and it, it kind of, you know, people glance over it, but there's only a few opportunities a game for Tyrod Taylor in this offense. And, you know, he's got to start making those if he wants that, you know, big money. I think also people got to look at the other way. And this will be a, probably my, if you want to follow this up, before we actually see, is there hope in, in, in San Fran, which I think this is, you want to open up the playbook. I, I personally think with this defense, this is the one, two. And, and with Tyrod Taylor, I look at it like um, at least we're winning while we're learning. Yeah. And that's the important part because – you know, is it really overrated? I, I've heard that losing teams really do work harder than winning teams, you know, because mm-hmm. they got to get, no, we're not doing enough, we're not doing enough. Well, you could teach and you could put all the hours in you want, but if you're not watching tape correctly, if you're not drilling correctly, if you're practicing sloppy, it, practice isn't isn't perfect. Practice is right. permanent. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, and I think with Tyrod Taylor – let the kid grow, but I'll be honest, I think we're really missing Sammy Watkins right now. This is right where we're feeling, okay, I wish Sammy Watkins was in because eventually when we start facing harder defenses, like everyone's talking right now, how long can the model stand? I don't care how long it stands. I want to know how the hell do we knock off San Francisco? How are we going into Miami and whooping that ass? And how are we going to put the pain and lay the bet right on Brady at home? Like, that's right. what I want. I want to be 5-2, and two, and then I want to be 6-2, and two, 
And I'm not going to go tick for tack over Tyrod because at the end of the year, I don't give a shit how we got there. And, oh, by the way, last I checked, everybody ripping on that Justin Hunter throw. Oh, he should have thrown it earlier. Bitch, get out of here. There's at least two no. people that could have just hovered to that little corner. I had this debate with the with another podcast and other people on on Twitter. Love them all. But, like, get real. Tyrod Taylor extend that play. They dropped eight people. He can do that, and I would guarantee 29 other quarterbacks can't. So No, you were right when you, you said know? that on, on the podcast, dude. You're right. There's only a few guys that can do that. When he jumped, uh, he dropped back, and, and you know, they only rushed uh, three guys, and two of those guys were contained players, so they just wanted to keep it in a pocket. He did this jump towards the line of scrimmage, and the, left def- uh, the right defensive end, you know, uh, changed his uh, attack, and then all of a sudden – from the hash, Tyrod Taylor jumps all the way out to the numbers, and he's got an open lane to throw it to Hunter. You're right. Only a few quarterbacks, I want maybe not even a few, maybe a couple in the league could do that, and and that's great. But again, you know, we I don't need think more I don't think Mike Vick makes that play. And I'll be honest I, with you, I don't think he I don't think he's, he was ever accurate enough to make that play. And by the way, how many times have we seen Tyrod Taylor make a similar play? Running to the opposite side. Like, seriously, anybody yeah. in the world, <clears throat> grab a tennis ball, grab a cup, and, 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 and run. Grab a glass, a plate, and grab something, your kid, whatever you want to do, <laughs> and just run the opposite direction of your of your throwing hand. So if you're right, right Dave, run towards your left. Dave, I thought we talked about no more grabbing kids on this show. <laughs> You know what I mean? And try yeah. it. And you're not going to be able to get that anywhere. <laughs> Make a target. Make it your refrigerator. Right. Make it your car. No, I, you're not going to totally. hit it. And Tyrod Taylor does not get enough credit for that throw. Like, get out of here. What do you guys want? Do you want Tom Brady? So that way when the offensive line isn't gelling, he gets killed? Because you're not right. going to find Tom Brady. You're not. If everybody's hyped on Andrew Luck, now what? Now what? Look right, at yeah. Andrew Luck. What's the problem now? Franchise quarterback sells everything. What the hell is Philip Rivers doing lately in the Super Bowl department? I don't want to hear it. It's about a team. Yep. That's why I no, love that, your it, site, man. It's yeah. like, and I mean, another one is I, you know, I I pretty much counted Matt Ryan out after last season. Look at him uh, now. Most people did. Yeah, most people did. So no, you're do, right. Oh, I, you, I, you know what, Tyrod? It, you know, it's it's frustrating to watch, but. You know, what it comes down to is W's. And you know what? He's put a, a, a decent streak together. You know, he's some of the some of the problems and, and bad plays are because of him. But, you know, like you said before, you know, when we need a play, he tends to make it. And um, but I, I think fans are just uh, worried about down the line, you know. And, and, of course, quarterback position, everything's magnified. And like, you know, um, like Adam said, you know, everything's magnified even more in this offense because he doesn't get that many opportunities as a passer. So it's something to keep an eye on. He does miss some passes. He does miss some reads. Um, his legs do make up for a lot of it. But in the end, you know, how well he plays towards the end of the year and how he progresses is what's going to determine whether he's the quarterback of the, the Bills for the future, you know? What do you think about this 49ers matchup? Supposedly, like, like, <clears throat> what, like in a nutshell, if you're going to look forward at this game, we see two games with Anthony Lynn, two games without Anthony Lynn. We see the playbook, I think, almost – well, not even I think. The playbook really just simplified. And yep. and just – I love that the coaches did the smart thing. And I know you're a regular listener, so I don't want to, you know, 
just gloss over <laughs> it. But, like, it, it, they did the smart thing, which has been my problem with coaching staffs in the, fa- in the past. Like, we were talking Sammy Watkins. Well, Sammy did this well in college. Why don't you do what Mike Shanahan did for, like, RG knee and, like, design an offense to his needs for right. now until he gets better? And it's like, they talk to each other. The coaches clearly at least let the players have a word in on what they want to do. And as far as even LaShawn McCoy taking a handoff like a yard deeper, you know, right. whatever the hell they were saying, it's like he likes that better. Well, it's paid off. And this coaching staff is smart enough to listen to their players, it seems, at least offensively. And I think it's both sides, though, honestly, man. Ever since. You know, Rex turned over uh, the play calling duties and, you know, Anthony Lynn was brought on. I I mean, I see it on film. I mean, from series to series, you know, adjustments are being made. Um, Different coverages are being thrown out there, mixed coverages versus, you know, what's normal, what normally Rex would be playing. So um, I see it on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I I think um, that's why they're playing with so much more confidence, you know, since these changes occurred, you know. Yeah, you want to, I mean, you got to, and, and people expected that to instantly happen. And when you you look at this defense and you look at these players, and, and it really makes you appreciate how much of a cancer Mario Williams was when you look at it because now you have a team buying in and you have players talking to coaches and they're trying to derail it on Bleacher Report with this Trump crap. Nobody yeah. gives a shit. And if they <laughs> do, it's like, Okay, well, there's a lot more conservative coaches in the league, I'm sure, that you wouldn't want to play for who really are douchebags. Not to mention you got a 10-year league veteran stepping in as kind of just this below-average journeyman and then coming in and and leading the league in sacks right now out of that same position. Yep. So So what that says to me is shut the fuck up and do what the coach says. I I mean, I was (laughs) – as far as Mario, I – (laughs) <laughs> I, I ripped him a lot last year, and he deserved it, man. And because you know, having like I said, having played and having coached, you, you can't do that. You got to put the team first, man. And he wasn't. It was obvious. Everyone saw it. You know, everyone sees the all twenty-two every week. It, it, there was no doubt in anyone's mind that he was giving up, man. Don't don't blame it on the scheme, because like you said, because then you, we bring in these guys that aren't even supposed to start, and guess what's happening. They are producing and And, leading. And and that's what a guy like Mario Williams at the end of his career needs to do. I mean, you look at guys like, wow, Michael Jordan found a jump shot. Wow, Kobe found a jump shot. Like, well, wow, maybe you got to use your freak Superman god bod in, in like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and really be athletic like you are and learn how to evolve your damn game so you can, oh, get another 50 mil in your career. Yeah, to be fair, though, Kobe went out. Last season and put up sixty points <laughs> hopping on one leg. So, <laughs> oh, man. after thirty million attempts in one game, he actually it's set true. a record. So, what do you think the Bills got to do? What are we looking at with San Fran here? Like, what are your concerns? What do they got that's great? Like, if you were to give us your, you know, maybe you even got something on the website, man. What? Like, cover one dot net. Yeah, buddy. Like, uh, I mean, I've uh, I've I've finished today. I finished scouting their offense. Um, I usually do the offense first, and um, I mean, of course, the first guy you guys shut down, similar to last week with you know Todd Gurley, Carlos Hyde. I mean, he's he's their number one rusher, and he looks he looks ten times better than he has the last couple of years. He looks a lot leaner, a lot quicker. 
He's already got six touchdowns, you know, in five games. Um, and when you throw Kaepernick into that mix, that's what worries me. Like I was, same here. I was, I was hoping Gabbert was going to play because that guy had he only had thirteen pass attempts over nineteen yards. So I mean, he he was a, a dink and dunker and and a not not a good one at it. He was completing fifty eight percent. So I mean, he's he's terrible. Um. And in that offense, in Chip Kelly's offense with Carlos Hyde and Cap, it worries me because, um, you know, they're they're going to try to run the ball and they can do it with a bunch of eye candy, you know, one of them being, you know, the no huddle. And one thing that, you know, after watching Rex Ryan's defenses over the years that gave his scheme issues was the no huddle and, and, and fast pace. So um, because you can't substitute all those guys. Those guys are expending a lot of energy. And, you know, I mean – just for example, like Darius, say hypothetically he's going to play this week. Oh, say he's you can't a, get him to rest. You, you can't, and that's the thing. They they will want to play him spot duty, you know, maybe 20, 30 snaps. Well, how do you get him off the field? You can't. They, they run a no huddle, and it's very similar to a college scheme where you see if you watch, you know, college football on Saturdays, you'll see, you know, they'll get up to the line of scrimmage. They'll, they'll fake, you know, fake the, um, the snap, and then they'll look to the sideline, and you'll see the coaches giving them signals. And the the coach will give him a play based on what he sees on the defense. So it's a it's going to be a chess match, man. And and you know what, you had mentioned how you know everything's simplified on our offensive side. Chip Kelly's base offense is simple. It, it's very simple. It's very easy to scout. So I think we do have the upper hand in that department. So and we do have athletes. We have horses on the defensive side. I I think um, you know judging uh, this is McCoy's revenge. And, um, you know, you want to, we want to get not technical about it. I really think that's going to pump up a lot of people. And, uh, to, to be honest with you, Tory Smith, deep ball. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking, Joe, I'm him. thinking Joe Flacco bombs. And now you got the yeah. element of Carlos Hyde. And I was, when Chip Kelly went to San Fran, I was like, okay, well, obviously, Kaepernick would be Cap's the perfect be quarterback yeah, for him. Exactly. And it's like, like, what's wrong with you guys? You guys got to play nicely up there because you might have the perfect the perfect guy and coach for your system. And, and I'm sorry, but if it's worked before. Now, Donald Jones mentioned mm-hmm. on the John Murphy show that talking with receivers, obviously Steve Johnson, mm-hmm. that, you know, he was he couldn't read defenses and this and that. And it's like, they would just flood the side, which is obviously a term for, what, three different levels of receivers on one side. Yep. That way yep. it's just, you know, whatever the hell. It's just simple. <laughs> okay, it's simple. And it, it simply attacks a, a defensive uh, zone coverage, typically. The floods run typically against zone coverage. And yeah. that would work great on, like, cover two, right? Yeah. Because you would hit yep. that middle spot. There are different levels, yep. Madden, baby. Madden's good trainer. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you love that. Um it's like this is where I think having the seven defensive backs on the field could be interesting mm-hmm. eventually down the line. But, I mean, I want the linebackers, the Brown brothers on the field as much as possible too because they're like I, I really think the Bills' defense is one of the fastest in the league. And I could be, I could be nuts. I could be nuts thinking that. But, like, when you look at – your linebackers, they're not slow. Do you follow right. me? Like, am I, I wrong in thinking that way? Because 
I don't think we're one of the faster defenses. Well, the way they play, though, instinctually, like, you, you put it this way. You ever see a guy is a fast 40, but he can't get there because he's too stupid? Right, game speed versus straight speed. Is, is that where right. you're going with that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, d- uh, no doubt about it. Like, they know where they got to be. Zach Brown's an athlete. He he's he's fast for a linebacker. But dude, if you're talking about Preston Brown, Preston Brown ran a four eight six forty. So again, straight line speed. But he yeah, but the play dude has also had speed. interceptions though. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's like it's like why I I wonder why vets aren't used more like in in, in Lorenzo mm-hmm. Alexander's situation because he's mentally there, but unfortunately with age, even though he had the Liz Frank injury going on there. Um, is that even what the hell is called? But, Look at you. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm pulling shit right out of my ass. Um, but even though he had that going on, you know, it's a setback, but then you look at that number in the stat column and it's 33, 33 right. years old, 33 years old. And and I've always wondered, like, how come guys like him don't make a bigger name for him because people always want the talent. But if the talent, the young, fresh, spry, cheap talent is not smart enough, what's the point? Right, and and this defense, everyone knows that's the key to this defense. You know, it's not about speed. Usually, the speeds on the outsides in the corner position, but it's about smarts. Because, like, like I was saying earlier, and this is why it's it's a, an interesting matchup. Is you know, everything's based on 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 um, on defense. It's based on your intelligence. It's not based on speed. And when you know a guy motions in a Chip Kelly offense, that changes coverages on a Rex Ryan defense. And you throw in, you know, the no huddle, which tired are like last week. I don't know if it was just me, but our defense looked tired in that heat, man. So them coming home is a good thing, in my opinion. But I mean, if if they put together long drives, um, our defense is going to tire out. They can't substitute. They're a little older. Our best players are up there in age. So uh, it does. It, the matchup is interesting for me. I don't think it's. I, I of course I want to say it's going to be a blowout in the Bills' favor, but. As as a guy that's not a slam dunk. No, it's it's any given Sunday, man. Yep. And and what about? um, Let's figure just a couple more questions. We'll wrap up. I know you got to get going. Um, But do you think the San Francisco defense, as low as they are ranked against the run, do you think that they could scheme something? to stop Chip Kelly or, or Chip Kelly, LaShawn McCoy? Or do you think that LaShawn McCoy is going to walk in for 200 yards? Uh, I mean, I'd like with, to. With 11, <laughs> with everybody in the box. I, I would like to think that, uh, I, I would hope that, you know, LaShawn McCoy can get, you know, two bills there. But um, I, I just think everything's going to be focused on that. And and I think that the Rams laid the blueprint. We touched upon it earlier. I think that, you know, if they keep Tyrod in the pocket and they, you know, they stack the box, I mean, they're going to do their best to stop McCoy. Everyone knows that he's our, he's the key to our offense, you know. So stack the box, you know, man up on the outsides and, and make Tyrod beat you. That's that's going to be the formula, you know, for the foreseeable future. Because, I mean, as good as – yeah, we put up 30 points last week, but it, it wasn't totally by the offense. And the offense actually, besides McCoy, didn't perform that well. So we got to keep that in context, you know what I mean? What no, a, you're, you're really right. What about um, what what about though? How would you explain when you look at the pass attempts of um, Tyrod Taylor at the Patriots, and, and and you know, 
that's obviously a very well schemed defense. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Belichick wanted him to throw, and he did, and he he did okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't no, think definitely. he necessarily he tore game, anything yeah. out, tore <laughs> anything up. I I really like. Do what? Do we have blind faith on Tyrod here on this podcast? Because I I just believe that <laughs> no, he's one of the guys that not, retain. Man. He finally he's a guy where you have intangibles of. If he does screw up, he's going to work on it. And that is a lot more than people need to – that's a lot – that's one thing that's huge, that right. he'll actually put his head down and, and work on it. That's something that I think is one of the most important things, taking constructive criticism, working on it. and. Right. But I also feel like he's been really, really careful with the football. And when yes. he does make those mistakes um, – I don't. I feel like he's he's mentally strong enough to not get discouraged and to like be be mentally ready to go out for that next possession and lead that team. You know. So and you nailed it there because you know what? He, yeah, he hasn't turned it over. Has he missed reads? Has he missed throws? Has he you know taken a bunch of sacks? Yes. But in the end, what ends up happening? We end up punting, not you know throwing an interception, changing the field in, in, in the, the you know the opposing team's uh, favor. So you're right. I mean that complements the Rex Ryan defense well, and that's why we've gone on a three-game win streak. So, I mean, as far as the New England game, um, I, I think New England's game plan was just bad. I think Anthony Lynn put a great game plan together, and, you know, Tyrod executed it. Um, and and it's sim- as simple as that. Um, you can't deny that he uh, he was on that game. Do you, you think know? he was, like, one step ahead of Belichick? Would you say that? Like, okay, he's going to make him throw. Well, let's make simple reads for him. I think from from the film when I broke it down, I what I believe I think he was. I think he was one step ahead of not necessarily Belichick, but of Matt Patricia. Um, I, it, I felt like um, when I watched it, I'm like, man, I'm expecting cover two on second down and seven. Like it's down and distance situational football. That's right. what the Patriots are good at, and so everyone has tendencies. And on second down, one thing that I noticed after you know watching it again is on second down they ran a lot of cover two, and you know, the concept, the simple concepts that we have been running worked well against cover two. So they expected it and they ran it, you know. So, th- yeah, they were ahead. Uh, I'd say they were a step ahead of that defense. And, uh, you know, Tyrod made the plays when he needed to. And, and of course, our defense um, helped out a lot. So. so lastly, in order for the Bills to win this game, that's just, you know, basically what would you, in a, in a nutshell, if you wanted to keep it brief for yourself, like, you know, you had 30 seconds with me right now to tell me how, how do the Bills win and how do they fuck it up? Excuse my French. Uh, it's, I mean, it's keep it simple, stupid, right? You know, I, you got to you got to attempt to run the ball. I mean, I think, uh, you know, based on what their defense is uh, good and bad at, they are not good at stopping the run. You got to attack it. You got to try to see. You got to test it. So, I mean, and, and that's playing it safe because you, you got to you got to um, have faith in your defense that your defense is going to hold them and keep them, you know, keep us in the game. So um, run the ball. And, and you know what? I would like to see actually, you know, some other backs get some touches because as much as it was uh, um, centered on LaShawn McCoy last week, um, you know, with the type of uh, odd front that this uh, 49ers defense plays, I'd like to see, I, we need to, we need to pound, you know, the rock. I mean, not just with McCoy, McCoy's going to do his thing, but we need to be able to wear these guys down too, and and I think that'll pay dividends um, in the fourth quarter. You know, 
Definitely, definitely. Hey, Eric, man, thanks so much for coming on with us. Uh, before you go, tell us one more time what you do and where to find it online. Well, I run CoverOne.net, and uh, I'm, I'm at, on every platform, on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, there's a Facebook page for CoverOne. There's a, on Twitter, you can find me at CoverOneBills, at CoverOneBills. So uh, go ahead and take a look. There's a lot of film, a lot of content. Um, I focus more on the X's and O's. I, I don't do too much of the commentary. Um, and I appreciate you guys having me on. What do you got coming up, though? Uh, tomorrow morning, I'll be dropping the defensive scouting report. So basically, uh, scouting out their offense, kind of some of the stuff we touched upon. And then, uh, usually either, uh, Friday or Saturday morning, um, the scouting report for, um, the other side of the ball, uh, will be dropped. So, uh, be looking out for that at cover1.net. All right, definitely. And listeners, check your show notes or your uh, description, and we'll have the links to all that in there for you. All right, thanks hey, again. thanks for having everyone. me on, guys. Yeah, definitely, man. Finally glad uh, we didn't screw it up <laughs> and we made it happen. It's all good. We'll do this again very soon. All right, bud. All right, see you guys. See you, man. Bye. All right, so that was Eric at CoverOne.net. Eric's an awesome dude, and I like him. He likes me. He even likes Adam. But hey, guess what? We're double dipping in guests today. Yeah, yeah, we got we got more guests lined up on the official Numbills fan hotline for you. Um, we heard from Eric there, and Eric's a big Bills fan. Let's hear about this game from the other side of the table. On the line, we got Joe and Steve, who host the Gold Blooded Podcast. It's a 49ers podcast. You can find it on iTunes. It's pretty badass. So. 49ers are off to a slow start this season. I want to hear what they think. Joe, Steve, you there? What? Yeah, what's going on, fellas? What's up, guys? Hey, thanks for coming on I am with Joe. us. No worry. I am Joe, and say hello, Steve, so everybody can distinguish voices here. My name is Steve. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right, fellas. So uh, you guys are excited. Got a three-game winning streak, yeah? Yeah, yeah. First time, first time we can say that in a couple of years. Yeah, we're not used to winning. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely been a definitely been a change of pace for you guys up there. Yeah, and, and not to, uh, and not to talk shit, you games. guys are streaking a little bit too. But yeah, but they've actually yeah, like seen the playoffs, you know. Yeah, but again, you guys, you yeah. guys know what a what a playoff run looks like. We couldn't tell you. I was in high school the yeah, last time the yeah, Bills made bet- the playoffs. Yeah, I well, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but I, I was right around the age when I watched the Bills lose four consecutive Super Bowls. I was like, right when I was coming into my own as a you know a football fan in my own right. So that was, you know, I don't I don't think we'll ever forget that. I mean, that must just kill you guys, yeah. Oh yeah, it's we can't live it down. Here we are. Uh, I could imagine. I mean, I yeah. All these years later, and I'm, we we can't argue with any other fan of any other team without the word rings coming up, you know. So that that's a struggle in and of itself. It always comes down to rings. Right, so, yeah, <laughs> so, we'll give you a pass for the duration of this conversation. Oh wait, give us your worst. We've probably already heard it, but no, by by all means, you don't gotta. <laughs> It's no holds barred here on Numb Bills Fan Podcast. Right um, on, right on. So, what do you guys? What, what, I mean, where are you? You guys must be pretty happy moving going into this game. You got a Niner team coming in 
that's, you know, lost four consecutive games and uh, a quarterback change. That's never a good thing, you know, from our standpoint. So you guys kind of got to be licking your chops, I would be assuming, right? Expecting to lay the hammer on us? Well, shit, to be perfectly honest, from from an outside viewpoint, from a a casual observer, I would rather face Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, I mean, if I was you, I'd rather face Blaine Gabbard. Like, I remember Colin Kaepernick being a really, really good athlete. Yeah, I mean, Steve, you want to touch base on that? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I would be, I would actually be more surprised if Kaepernick improves the offense instead of just keeping it kind of the same. The last time we saw Kaepernick, I mean, I know people remember the playoff runs and, you know, the Super Bowl run, and that was terrific and he was lights out but something happened along the way where last year he played some of the worst quarterbacking i've ever seen in my entire life and i'm not exaggerating so i don't know what you guys are going to get on sunday i don't know if you're going to get 2012 cap going all up all up and down the field no problem or if you're going to get last year's cap where he was probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league all right here's a cap question i have we share an eskimo brother and uh we're eskimo brothers with greg roman and I, okay, you know, and like one thing I loved about Roman is I'm sorry, no disrespect. Alex Smith, I firmly believe was left for dead. Wait, and, so hold on. I'm, I'm still really, are you trying to say that yeah, Greg Roman slid up inside both our teams? Pretty much. Okay. I was, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. You, you threw me for a second. Yeah. We're, we're, we're mutual respect here. And, and I like that he, he, you know, made something with Alex Smith, which is, sustained his career and then Colin Kaepernick plays for a year and a half and then in, you know in the playoffs and then the following year like what happened his last year with Greg Roman's offense was his offense too complex like over here they're saying in Buffalo that Roman had these guys making all sorts of like that like installing like 30 plays of run three type shit like what happened to Colin Kaepernick because I remember all the all the draft scouting I did, which was absolutely nothing. I watched Colin Kaepernick throw at the combine, which I never watched. It's like watching paint dry. Um, but like I, I was watching him throw, and I'm like, "Holy shit! That ain't that college deep ball. That's that NFL deep ball." And then you watch him throw other throws, and he just has a a, a spiral and a velocity to his balls that are like nice. No pun. Well, let, let me see. If, let me see if I could feel that. What what happened to him there? Um, we just so you guys know, we never refer to Greg Roman by his actual name. We always refer to Greg Roman as Fuckboy because he proved to be fucking useless in our eyes for many seasons, back to back to back seasons. What happened to Kaepernick, from my opinion, uh, in that last year under Greg Roman? That was also Harbaugh's last year, and things went sour between Harbaugh and the front office around the early to midway point in the season. And my opinion, and I'm sure Steve will back me on this, was that it was almost as if the the, the offensive coordinator and the coaching staff as a whole just mailed the rest of that season. They phoned the rest of that season. Really? They nobody was. I mean, that, Steve, would you concur with that? Yeah, it was um, it was Greg Roman failing to adapt to a league that had already adapted to him, a combination of Michael Crabtree and Vernon Davis forgetting how to catch football. 
Oh, real quick. One of you guys uh, one of you guys is like clicking a little bit. I don't know um if somebody's like moving around. Uh, I got I right, I got it. I I went hands free, but I'm good. Oh, now. word, word. All right, all right, all right. I'm sorry about that. So keep going. I just figured <laughs> if I didn't ask, I'm gonna get what the hell happened. Like, yo, man, deal with it. Don't care, but just you know, looking out for the fam. No, um, no, no worries. So back to what you were saying. I'm sorry. My apologies. No, no. Uh, so yeah. So we at least I felt that it wasn't. I mean, that season was yeah. As Steve said, was the rest of the league finally caught up to Greg Roman? Finally caught up to Colin Kaepernick and what he was doing, and they never adapted. You know, I mean, they once they figured it out, Roman never. You know, he never made the next step. You know, um, and he just got and it, it showed on the field. And they went. I mean, they went eight and eight that year, and the morale was sucked right out of the team. And that—that's really what. That, that was the beginning of the end, as far as we're concerned. And did did you think that started at the top because of the whole contract thing, or do you think it was like this? No, I think it went again. My opinion, I think that when Harbaugh and Jed York, when that wedge was driven between the two of them. I think the coaching staff probably sided with Harbaugh and Harb said, yeah, I'm going to Michigan next year. I'm we're mailing this season in, you know, they didn't, they didn't make the playoffs that year, you know, that last year. So it was really, I mean, it was a painful end of the year for us. Harbaugh and Roman. You guys, you guys got to feel like you got fucked on that season as a fan. I mean, we definitely, yeah, we weren't happy with it. And there's definitely uh, residual issues between uh, the front office and whoever's the coaching staff. I mean, I think that, I don't know what the Bills front office is like, but we definitely feel slighted since Eddie DiPartolo uh, has not been in charge since the, uh, you know, since the mid nineties. Yeah. It sounds like in, in York there, you have a, um, you have somebody from the outside looking in, um, you know, which is hard to look at sometimes when you're deep rooted as a fan, like, I'm sure people watch the Bills how I watch other teams and go, you know what, that quarterback, he's all right. I don't think he's awful. He's all right. I don't know why they're so hard on him. He misses the same throws that everybody misses sometimes. You know, they have bad games. You know, there's not a Tom Brady everywhere. And you guys got to be thinking, like, like, like from my perspective, I kind of look at the 49ers like, man, you had a really good thing, and you guys screwed it up. And I'm not saying that Harbaugh was definitely not a douchebag. But I don't know. I don't. Well, my ears into the ground like that. But like, it sounds like Jed York, York, like really. It sounds like his ego needs to be put in check. Like that, well, that's with Jed like York. It. With Jed York in Harbaugh, that's where it all started. Now that wasn't the end of it. Um, also, surprise retirements from Patrick Willis, Justin Smith. Chris Borland. Oh, yeah. Um, Remember all those. Letting players Anthony go, Davis. like Michael Crabtree. And, yeah, Anthony Davis. And the list just goes on and on. And, that, of course, you know, we, we don't get Bowman back in that 8-8 eight and eight season either when we thought that he was going to make his return. Uh, letting Frank Gore walk and just all these great players that were just massive pillars for us during those playoff runs uh, were just no longer there. The team was left without leadership and without their head coach. And it all started at the top. But... I don't think that it would have been as heavy of a blow if all those surprise retirements didn't follow directly afterwards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, I mean, from where I was sitting, I, I'm a huge NFL fan uh, all the way around, and that was one of the 
worst collapses in NFL history that I could remember from from in in my thirty years of watching football. It was that was one of the worst all around team collapses. Well, it's what like we you, went through, you, you know. You go from seeing on the highlights, uh, yeah, highlights, the little fun little stat boxes, and what was that crazy stat you guys had? Like, I paid attention to San Francisco. Um, I'm a Steve Young fan. As a kid, I didn't root for San Fran, but I, I really like Steve Young. Um, and and I will say, um, you know, th- that, that stat recently, that or little info in the boxing I'm trying to get to, which is, didn't you guys have, like, X amount of first-rounders and second-rounders on the team? It was, like, a majority of your roster. And it's, like, I kind of look at the Bills, and there's a lot of first-round, second-round guys on their roster, too. Now, you know, like... Uh, Recently? Like, Steve, right now? Um, Steve handled that one. What's that? No, no, no. You guys had that money back in the Harbaugh days. You guys had, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, they, Like, the they, talent they was went, so stacked. Know, uh, three of our five offensive linemen were first-rounders to go along with, you know, guys like Patrick Willis, Vernon Davis were both first-rounders. Uh, Michael Crabtree was a first-rounder. Yeah, there was a majority of that team that ended up making uh, those runs in the playoffs and the Super Bowl run um, were majority first-round picks. So, Kaepernick. They all just kind of came together at the same time. I had I had another Kaepernick question for you, and I kind of wanted to close the Kaepernick thing. Not close it, but like at least on our end. Um, just one of the burning questions I have. A plain yes or no, but in between, describe your reasoning. Does Colin Kaepernick have, do you think, like, like do you guys think, and we're not cocky, we're very objective. Um, do, you, do you think that Colin Kaepernick is going to beat the Bills this weekend? Like, how are you guys looking at this Bills team? Like, like what? Like, is, does Colin, Colin Kaepernick have, I guess this isn't a simple yes or no, I'm sorry. D- does he have it? Like, is, because I look at it like, you got a guy in Torrey Smith who I'm I'm thinking Joe Flacco guy and you know big big air underneath the ball. Um, you know once Kaepernick gets going, he runs like a deer. Uh, you know he's getting 50 yards or somebody will get 20, 25, and you got this Carlos Hyde guy just tearing shit up. Six touchdowns already, like something like that. So like, what what are you guys thinking? Is you know, true fans of this team. You guys are in the thick of it. You guys are ear to the ground. Do you expect to win? Do you expect to lose? Well, here's what lose? I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking that, A, they're playing the Bills, so it's probably going to be a win anyway. Um, you know, I mean, you're the Bills, let's be real here. Um, you know, never really never really considered the Bills a threat. With that said, you guys are obviously playing significantly better this year. Um Will Colin Kaepernick get it done? I guess that's the biggest question surrounding the 49ers, other than the defense. The defense has been really suspect. We're, we're a piece or two away from having it all come together on the defensive side of the ball. But as I look at this game, um, I think what's going to happen here is we're going to know pretty early on in this game if Colin Kaepernick's got his head screwed on straight and if he's the Colin Kaepernick of 2012. Or you know, I expect to know in the first quarter. I, you know, if – if this thing's out of control by the end of the first quarter, I don't see a comeback. You know what I mean? But it, with Colin Kaepernick, you always know what kind of game it's going to be in the first five minutes. If he starts hot, yeah. he stays hot. If he starts Absolutely. cold, it's it's game over. So he's he's pretty much. Um, I don't mean it disrespectfully. Is he a head case? Is he just too much in his head? Is he like is that the vibe you guys get? Is he just not emotionally stable? 
to, to play that position, I should um, say? Well, like, it was, his, uh, it was one thing when he had Harbaugh crushed in that, in that final 8-8 eight and eight season with Harbaugh. I think he lost a lot of confidence. And I don't think and that he also he had Harbaugh as his shield. Like Harbaugh protected him. Harbaugh kept the media away from him. Harbaugh was, you know, Harbaugh was like a force field for That's him. That's awesome. And, and Harbaugh catered and created a system for yeah, Colin. It was Cowboys. his role model. I, Absolutely. I, I, so uh, I think Chip Kelly has the ability to do that. I, I genuinely do. We, we just got to see if it happens. And I'll be honest with you, um, any Bills fans listening to uh, to you saying. Oh, it's the Bills. Like, yo, believe me. If there's two fucktards that don't get it more than that, that is the truest statement ever. I mean, um, we we know every play. I, we know five plays where the Bills could have made it. Like, like you beat the Bills, beat the Green Bay Packers, okay? And then this, lose this to the Oakland. Before, yeah. 2014 season. And they lose to the Oakland fucking Raiders. The next game, and they were not the Oakland Raiders of now, which is a they were team the Oakland, that's ascending. Yeah, no, they were that shit Oakland Raiders team two years ago, and and we wrote that game off entirely. Like, oh, we're playing Oakland. It's it's nothing. Marcel Darius got hurt, and then they ran the ball down our throats. It was the most embarrassing shit I had seen since probably since that stupid fucking Music City Miracle shit. Yeah, do you do you that follow they me show like, every fucking time we play anywhere? Yeah, what's Let up? Let me ask you guys a question. So now you guys have Rex Ryan, at, you know, behind the helm for you guys. Now you saw what he did in his years in um, New York. You know, he brought the Jets to the brink, back to back AFC Championship games with a suspect Mark Sanchez at quarterback and a stifling defense. But he never got the job done. Do you do you have confidence that he could take this team like all the way? Maybe not this year, maybe next year. You know what I'm saying? Can I give it to you in about fifty seconds? I'm gonna try to. I have a tendency to like never make a point. So um, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I'm a I'm a I'm like a backdoor Rex Ryan be, fan. He's be, a kinky fuck. He he, here's the deal. Here, shit, here's the so. deal, dude. Hell yeah, that's Here, here's what I'm the, saying. Here's the deal: is um, I'm guilty of calling shit how I see it. And um, with Rex Ryan, he was a coach you loved to fucking hate. And I was like, this fat fucking prick. Look at his fat brother on the sideline over there in Dallas Cowboy land. Why, do, do they know that Jason Garrett, Stoneface, that uh, the little boy that could, little Johnny Appleseed, is actually the coach of the team? And it's not Rob Ryan. Same thing when you go to Sean Payton on the Saints. You just see him. Same thing on the Browns. You just see him. The camera's on him. And I'm like, these fucking clowns. But then, when the Bills are hot with Chan Gailey, they got their famously to them, uh, you know, no real first-round draft picks, minus C.J. Spiller, offensive lineman, and Eric Wood. And, uh, you know, we had Fred Jackson and, and Steve Johnson, seventh-round pick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, sixth-round pick. Oh, it's magical, great, cool. We got Chan Ralph Waivers on the Cowboys. You know, it's like the Bills are running hot, all right? The Bills are – was that the year they were 5-2? and two? And then the Jets come in, dude. Yo, the Jets come in. I got season tickets. There's two motherfucking Jets fans next to me. Like, like this weird, and I ain't going to judge, but, like, just throwing it out there, it was like a weird goth couple, okay? And I'm like, okay, cool. Now, I look like a human idiot, too, with tattoos and whatever, too, so keep that in mind. I look like a moron. But, like, so I can't really judge. I'm more, like, relating to them. Like, they didn't have kick wearing on, so it was all right. Um, so I knew I was safe. 
But, like, for real, I was next to these Jets fans somehow. And Rex Ryan's team came in. It was an all-white game. Everybody's all hyped. Oh, we're all white for the stadium. It was a whiteout. The Bills got their asses fucking kicked, man. Like, it was like one of the worst. I'm still mad about it, clearly. Rex Ryan's team came in. LaDainian Tomlinson famously said before that game, it's the same old fucking Bills. Don't even worry about it. This team is a finesse team. And you know what they did? They wiped the floor of the Bills in their own stadium and left. He lit the place on fire. But the way I look at it is he got fucked in New York with that GM there, Idzak, okay? And he did not want to support Rex Ryan. Why is it that when Rex Ryan leaves, now you bring back Cromarty and Rivas? Are you out of your mind? Like, like really, the way I look at it is if you have a yeah, team that Yeah, there was definitely bu- a fuck job there, for sure. Right. So, like, yo, there's two sides of the story. In the national media, I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing about it, especially with Kaepernick. The national media just hits softballs and doesn't want to do the research. And, and like, I'm constantly fighting that Tyrod Taylor doesn't suck. He doesn't suck. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's like, really, let's look at it objectively. Did Rex Ryan have the pieces? Well, they weren't getting them for him. Did he get along with the GM? Clearly not. Meanwhile, you got a guy. So it, it sounds to me. Hmm? So it sounds to me like you're erring on the side of Rex Ryan being the guy over there Dude, to lead you guys to to the promise. He's line. bringing national attention to you, this team, and I love it. I love being talked about. Finally, there was literally like I swear to God, weeks I would check PFT for an article. And unless it was in the one-liner section, which is like you have to find something for your team every once a day, like there was nothing, man. And and I look at it like this: this guy, every player that talks about him loves him, unless you're Jay Samara, which, by the way, backpedaled on his statements pretty much, <laughs> I, I believe. So like, you know, I don't he know. Says, Mario he Williams kind of hates his guys. Well, Ryan, Mario Williams can't hate him because he's a waste of life. We already talked about him earlier in the podcast. Rewind. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's like. The team is finally buying in. That's what that's what I'm getting to you. The team is finally buying in. This Rams game the Bills just had, this is the game they lose. The same old Bills loses that game. That said, the same old Bills loses that San Fran game. That's, so, that's yeah, very true. I'm a huge Ryan supporter. I think he can do no wrong. He will take the heat on the guys. And to me, that's a, you know, quote, unquote, I guess it's not as PC these days, but, like, that's a man. You know what I mean? Like, when you think of, like, a dude that's willing to go to battle for your team, you want to play for this guy, this is your leader. That's what Bill's – that's what this team needed. What you, the got, f- you know what I'm saying? What the fuck happened to 50 seconds? No, I can't listen. I, 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 yeah, I back him. You know, I, I actually like him. It, it's rare for me to like another guy that's not associated with the 49ers. And as fucked up as Rex Ryan is, I've always actually liked him, you know, probably because he is a whack job. So – I mean, I'd say that was all. That was probably a good pickup for you guys, especially keeping it in division, really sticking it to the Jets. That's another play I like. The 49ers just – we just signed a, a Philadelphia Eagles player who had Chip Kelly had stashed on the practice squad when he was in Philly, and then the Eagles were trying to keep him, and then we, we stole him from him. So I love when there's that kind of that division or that ex-coach kind of rivalry shit. I love that. I get off He did a run so. for Bill Belichick. He, yeah. in fact, pulls, pulled his nuts out. And, and, and you want to know something? You know why they didn't play the Patriots game one very well? His excuse, which I have no reason not to believe, is we try to incorporate plays from the last game for the players. 
What coach does that? Because we had Shane Gailey making offenses do shit with no talent, and then Doug Marone take that talent and, and, and try to run C.J. Spiller between the tackles constantly, and it didn't work. And it's like, did you guys even put on the tape? So it's kind of like with Rex Ryan, he, he, he like, actually makes adjustments. You know what I mean? Like, he will tailor a system to fit him. Next time they played the Pats, game two last year, Brady's on his ass. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean we they had him up on we the, didn't on win. the ropes. We didn't win, but we yeah, got to count the close ones with the Pats. All right, we, guys, uh, that's what our life has become. We, we blamed the refs real hard that day. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Well, you got to blame somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't blame my guys. So. Well, any you guys have anything else left for us? I know we just pretty much gave you a Rex Ryan sales pitch there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, for real. No. Hey. I mean, everybody need everybody needs a toe sucking psychopath to look up to. So I'm glad you guys have that. You know. It's hey. Awesome. As long as he keeps it real, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. Listen, I just like the, I just like guys in my weight class. Beat. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, yeah, listen, I'm a little guy. I'm a skinny guy. So, you know, that's, well, guys, <laughs> that's not my really, cup of tea there. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do my, my best Rob Ryan good. I got to keep working on it, though. I hope after this game that Colin there Kaepernick you. really works out for you guys, just as like an outside fan. I, 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 I'm, but, not, I'm not behind the scenes. But after this game. Yeah, but for after, sure this, after game. this game. But, uh, you know, I, I think Chip Cowley going there, I was like, that, that seems like the quarterback I would want. So it sounds like. You know, who knows? Maybe he even has a good game against the Bills and it writes the shit for him. Who knows? I don't know. But you guys want to Yeah, well, hey, well, listen, we're, we're definitely hoping for that outcome. Now, do you guys want – if he has a if he has a good game, do you guys want him to stick around or do you or do you think that the 49ers organization is just going to jettison him? Jettison him? Uh, Steve, you, you want to see how it plays out throughout the whole season. You can't just base it off of one game. Yeah, I think right now we're in the we're in the boat that uh, who, whatever happens with this year, we want to know if our quarterback of the future is on the roster. It, it, we proved the first five games that it's not Blaine Gabbard. Now we're going to give Kaepernick a chance. If Kaepernick's not going to get it done, then we got Christian Ponder behind him. If Ponder's not going to be the guy, then we need to know that we do not have the quarterback of our future on the roster right now. So then that is our biggest you know, situation to address in the off season. So whatever happens this year, you know, you know, I expect the Niners to win out and then go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, if that doesn't happen, I expect, you know, I, I want a definitive answer on if we have our quarterback moving forward on the roster now. That sounds fair enough, man. Hey, that's what we were looking for. Like, cause it's like if the kid shows up for the rest of the season is what I was trying to say. I'm sorry. Um, like there's, you got to reevaluate, well, they, right? They Whether, got his, they, they don't they grow on rest- trees. Good quarterbacks. They restructured him today. He's on a one year deal with a player option. So really look at your shit. Yeah. So Kaepernick, yeah. They put, well, he, he's, bet, he's betting on himself again, right? Steve, is that, is that my understanding? He's betting on himself. Was he also giving himself an option to leave the team at the end of the season if he doesn't have a good year? So it kind of works out for both sides. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's fair. safe to say that if Kaepernick is not, if he doesn't get it done this year, he will not be in the Reading Gold next year. I think it's pretty safe to say that. Well, guys, seriously, thank you so much. Um, if you want us, if you want to keep in touch, and and yeah, no, I mean, we'll probably we'll probably have to do another another one of these for the Super Bowl, right? Because both of us 
are going to win out after this week, right? You know, it's funny you say that. I was expecting to talk to you guys twice this year. We, you know, we talked to you after we beat you now. We'll talk to you after we beat you in February. And then what I actually told Steve this morning was I expect to lose to the Bills the first game of next year when the Super Bowl teams play, you know. I expect the Bills to take that one. So, Dude, you, you know, you for like, whatever it's worth. I'm, you went you know. deep. Yeah, I like it. Bold prediction. I mean, I don't like I don't <laughs> yeah, like the, the Bills <laughs> losing parts of that. I mean, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll but, take it. Like, let's hey. sign me up now. I don't give a fuck. Put me on the opening Thursday night football for all I care. Like, balls on the table. That's yeah. That's hey. What's up, man? I like it. That's it. Well, where can we find you? All right, guys. Well, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, you want to do the honors here? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having us on, and uh, we'll be on the lookout for you guys if we're looking for uh, Buffalo guests. Awesome. Yeah, but no, uh, you could find us gold. But you could uh, gold blooded podcast one word on Instagram, or you just check out iTunes, search gold blooded podcast, and uh, you know available for free download. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for everything. Um, yeah, right on. Good luck this Sunday. I'm sure we'll have some shit talk back and forth via the gram or email or something there. Yeah, and, keep uh, it keep in touch. We can, we, we can all stay friends because it's not like, you know, we're not in the same division. No, no, not even in the same conference. So exactly. it's all good until it's all good until we see you in the Super Bowl. Awesome. All right. Thank you. And, and then I might then I might have to sacrifice you guys. So all right, <laughs> gentlemen, it was nice speaking to you guys. You too, guys. I'm ready to go. Take it. Later. That's it. Alright, guys, that was awesome. Yeah, thank you uh for checking us out. That's it. Um again, this will be up on numbillsfan.com where you find all the best Buffalo Bills content ever. I mean stuff not from the Buffalo Bills, but about the Buffalo Bills. Also, we're going live right now, seven PM Facebook Live Wednesdays, brought to you by BillsForLife.com. It's our Facebook live show, NumBillsFan forward slash NumBillsFan. Find us everywhere. Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want. Watch me do dumb shit on Snapchat. I'm your host, David Palermo. Find me on Twitter, at NumBillsFan. Find Adam. At NumBillsAdamD on Twitter. Also, brought brought to you by... Oh, you're so hot. Brought to you by PunchRunkSports.com. Check them out on Twitter at PunchRunk. Cheer. Cheer. We'll see you next time. Stay numb. Numbillsfan.com. Go there.